Welcome to Rule of Thirds, an offshoot of our Screen Refresh podcast. Our goal every episode is to take a little break from watching and analyzing movies, to dive headfirst into some nostalgia, or just get a little creative. So every month we select a different topic and create a top three list that may or may not be near and dear to each of our hearts. Shoot us a message on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, at Screen Refresh. Or send an email to screenrefresh at gmail.com to let us know what your top three are or to suggest future topics. I'm your host, Tim, and I'm joined by my co-hosts, Dean and Nick. Hello there. Yo, Joe! (laughs) Today we're taking a look at comedies that have somehow broken through our cold, dead hearts and made us laugh, so settle in for some rule of thirds. Oh, comedies. I chose my favorite G.I. Joe movies. <laughs> Shit. I, I mean, Star they... Wars quotes. <laughs> I picked my top three favorite episodes that we've done of this show. Oh, man. Every podcast I've been on is, as always, and forever will be just, and this is Nick. Hello there. <laughs> Every time. Ahoy, it's, ahoy. It's totally okay. And mine will change. It'll never be the same. It's, it's a, it's a uh, duality. At the end of your life, we'll do a super cut of all of your intros on every episode. I'm looking forward to that. I mean, I'm not going to, but... Oh. Top of the order. Comedies. There was a movie that's actually as recent as last year, but somehow makes my list of my, mm. my top three here. Is a horror comedy called Scare Package. Cold opener. You only have a few minutes to put all the pieces in place. Hi, I'm hunting a creature. Well, a man. Maybe you've seen him. How are we gonna fix this? I'd like to rent a wood chipper. We are in a horror movie. Nobody. Horror. Horror movie. It's a very new addition as it popped up on Shutter last year, uh, the horror streaming service from I think AMC. And I found myself laughing much more than I was expecting for like a random pop-up streaming uh, horror comedy. It's this anthology movie with a framing story about a dude named Rad Chad who owns a video store. And it's him dealing with like an annoying customer who wants to work there and training his new hire at the video store. And as he's going through like the training and all of that... They end up incorporating five separate stories in addition to an opener to the whole thing and the framing story itself. As far as the anthology, every story is done by a different team. So if one doesn't click with you, it's possible the next one might. For me, it's kind of quickly become a movie I just throw on in the background while I'm doing other things because it still makes me laugh and just has like a fun energy to it. Just because it's... There's a lot of gore. There's a lot of like violence. There's a lot of stuff, but none of it is ever malicious or none of it is ever like you can still just turn it on and have fun it's like yeah a ton of people die in another movie i might be like oh i'm disappointed that's my favorite character in this it's like yeah it's fun like it's it's still a laugh so over time like even the segments that i originally wasn't sold on have grown on me uh the more i watch it just because the entire movie is just like all different horror tropes and references and all these different things that some of them are a little kind of very obvious or some of them are a little kind of uh over the top but there's also a bunch of like little sly ones here and there so on occasion like yeah it might be hokey 
Um, but I think at the, the end of the day, the, the whole thing is fun as a group. But if anybody is interested to check it out, definitely see the segments One Time in the Woods and Horror Hypothesis. What's the title of it? Scare Package. I'll have to add it to the list, and this came out, oh yeah, in 2019. I mean, if you can handle the gore, I think you would laugh at it, Dean. Joe, why does Joe Bob, why is Joe Bob Briggs, why do I know who he is? Oh, is he a host of a... Uh, do you remember Monster Vision on TNT? Yes, yes, I was going to say he was a host of something. Yep. yep. That yep. makes He was a sense. host of Dustin Monster Rhodes. Vision, I think he was the host on... There's a wrestler in the cast list, too. I was just like, oh. His name's Dust- Dustin Rhodes, I don't know what he plays. I have no idea. The only other person I know from that movie, other than, uh, well, you gave away the fun cameo of Joe Bob. Oh, the only other, well, um, they listed him second in the... <laughs> the only other person I know is Chase Williamson, who played in John Dies at the End. Uh, I forgot that and was played in a... Yep. But yeah, he, he's a blast in this one. He's funny. He plays the, the stoner in one of the, the move or like one of the segments... So, if you can handle the gore, it is definitely worth watching, and there's a lot of fun practical effects throughout the movie. So, it's something that, it's fun enough that I'm definitely going to keep an eye out to see any of the additional work that any of the groups do from here on out. Just because it, if they can make me laugh consistently, like, after watching it a couple times for any of these segments for 15 minutes... I'm sure that they're going to end up making me laugh with whatever else they do next. Now I got to put it on my list. Oh, I see du- Dustin Rhodes. He's a wrestler. He's in the segment Horror Hypothesis, Devil's Lake Impaler. That's what he plays. Oh, I don't know if you, I don't know if you remember that. <laughs> yeah, that dude's. Oh a yeah, yeah, yeah. That's all. I just noticed his name and was like, I know this person. Have you seen? Um, I didn't even know this was a movie. Uh, Willy's Wonderland. Did you watch that? I I actually just watched that last. You week. just watched it. What did you think of that? I have I no I have it. no concept of it. I just saw that it existed. It is Nicholas Cage is in it. It is weird. Um, I enjoyed it. I don't know if I would have enjoyed it if it didn't have Nicholas Cage because overall, like the entire thing is essentially just. Nicholas Cage ends up becoming the janitor at, like, a Chuck E. Cheese scenario, and it turns into, like, Five Nights at Freddy's. That's what that is? I heard that <laughs> okay. came out. <laughs> I, I, it, it came up in the horror comedy search, so that's why I brought it up. Yeah. So Nicholas Cage is great in it. The rest of the overall story is, like, yeah, it's not bad, but I feel like if you took Nicholas Cage out of it, I don't know if the whole thing would have held up for me. Because um, right. he's the one that kind of brings that pizzazz to that movie. But yeah, it's it's fun. As only uh, definitely can. check it out. I think it's on Hulu, yeah. Um, that one, yeah. Yeah, that's like, oh, just a couple months old, I think, as far as the release. But anyway, Scare Package. Scare Package. What do you mean what's happening in the movie? Just watch the movie! I'm writing these down. I get it. It's clever that they do it like that. The opening segment is a little hokey, um, but it's it's uh, good-natured and fun, but it, it is definitely a little hokey. And then as time goes on, like it's it really sets it. Once you get to the first full segment, One Time in the Woods, like that 
it's hilarious. <laughs> if you don't think it's hilarious, uh, call me and tell me I'm wrong. Okay. I Maybe I will. I'll have to watch it without Laura, because even though it's funny, quote-unquote, she can't handle the Oh, the blood. yeah, 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 no. The blood. Oh, I wouldn't yeah. ask her to uh, watch it. I was going to say, if she had just an infectious laugh so that you might not be laughing, but because she is, you'll start laughing, and that defeats the whole, <laughs> call me if you don't laugh. Like, <laughs> okay, so that's 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 scare package. Uh, Segway music and and then over to the next person. No, this uh, this podcast is now officially canceled due to a lack of hustle. <laughs> <laughs> oh, deal with it. Now that's that's a segue. <laughs> that's my first pick. Is uh, heavyweights from February nice. nineteen ninety five. From the everyday world, there is a place, a place where big... Congratulations, Mr. Sims, you are the fattest boy in camp. ...is beautiful. Chipmunks, download! And thin isn't it. This is definitely not sanitary. For Jerry and his friends, it was a dream come true. Until the new owner... That is out of here, mister! Oh, no. Turned it into a nightmare. Lunch has been canceled today due to lack of hustle. Now, this was like one of the. I didn't even realize like Disney would make movies like this where it's just like a straight up movie. Like, oh, this is cool. And then watching it, like, I didn't realize it until later on that it actually was Disney. I'm like, this is seems to be kind of outside their kind of spectrum. And then, well. Let me rewind. So the movie. Do you mean follows... like you thought like they only made animated like yeah features? Is that what you're saying? Okay. Yeah, because like some stuff like they produce under a different. I think Touchstone is also a Disney entity. If I'm not mistaken. I see. You know. Yeah, I think it might be Touchstone. And um, knowing now, like, oh, you know, it's a Disney flick. They just it's too dark, so they don't want to put their name on it. But thinking back, I can't think of that many uh, kid movies that Disney made that wasn't animated because this was during their prime of you know like the renaissance period but um heavyweights is about a boy named jerry um he's sent to camp for plus size kids and he was shown like this video of like camp hope it's supposed to be this really super fun place for you know kids to just you know get together have fun just like typical summer kid kind of stuff um he goes by himself he eventually meets some of his fellow campers on the way there he finally gets there and he's expecting it to be like this grandeur kind of place of like, oh, this is going to be amazing just to find out that the owners actually sold it to some guy and that some guy happens to be Tony Perkins, played by Ben Stiller. <laughs> and he actually wants to turn this, you know, plus size camp into a fitness camp instead. And the kids pretty much start a rebellion against him. And uh, <laughs> the antics through the whole movie are pretty funny. And honestly, I think this is also one of Ben Stiller's best movies. Even though he's not front and center as like the main character, he plays the antagonist through the movie. Super fun to watch. I still enjoy yeah. it. And was this a young Keenan Thompson in it, this one it too? It was. That actually has an all-star cast. And especially now looking back and realizing that this was also... I mean, it was directed by Stephen Brill. But Judd Apatow is listed as a producer and writer in the credits. Oh, well, that must have been early. Yep. 
So when you look through the cast list and you see some of the like the tertiary characters in the supporting cast, like, oh shit, I recognized you. Like, you're in a lot of the Adam Sandler stuff. You're in some of the Judd Apatow stuff. And as a kid's movie, you don't realize, like, this kind of fits in with all the rest of this stuff that he's done. It's just there's no, you know, yeah. stoner jokes. <laughs> Keenan had been, I think, on SNL for three years by the time this movie came out. <laughs> you're saying he's been there for that long? He's been carrying <laughs> yes. SNL over Yes. <laughs> it warmed my heart to see that Keenan Thompson made it to SNL. Like, at least, like, one of my favorite childhood actors actually making a thing for himself. Like, oh, shit, he made it to SNL. Like, that's great. Because I look at it as, like, a segue into doing other stuff. Because thinking of, like, Will Ferrell, you know, um, Dan Aykroyd and all the, like, the classic crew, Eddie Murphy. Eddie Murphy was in SNL, right? Or was he in one of the different ones? He was early. Yeah. He was, yeah. yeah. You know, just like grumpy. the amount of stuff that they've done, I always felt like SNL was like, oh shit, they're on it now. Like that means that we're going to see even more great things from him. Um, you know, Steve, uh, Steve Hader, is it? Bill, Bill Hader, that's it. Yeah. You know, he's another big guy that does a ton of work. All with um, SNL roots, so I'm hoping that uh, still something comes along. But yeah, he's uh, yeah, he's, um, he was in it. Which I think he might be. I want to see he's producing or he's doing something for like a reboot of all that now. But I agree, it's like Keenan's been in showbiz and funny since he was a kid, so it's only natural for him to kind of continue doing big things over time. I'm just surprised that he hasn't broken out too much of tv good burger is was almost on my list tonight like <laughs> he carried my childhood if you like keenan and kel um you should check out the show south side um because there is an episode with kel mitchell as a cameo and he is right back to being as funny <laughs> as i remember from uh back in the day good times i know that he he replied he reprised himself as uh ed from good burger i think jimmy and fallon they like recreated the whole set they managed to get keenan thompson on there <laughs> i'll have to google it so yeah the um i love good physical comedy and heavyweight did have a lot of good physical comedy i was re-watching the trailer just to refresh my memory and it's a shot. Uh, I don't know if it's when he's first introduced, but what's his name? Perkins, Tony Perkins. Um, he's he's like handspringing through the mess hall, um, and he just like eats shit and just like <laughs> goes head first into the wall. It's just a really well done physical bit. But I know I remember this movie having a lot of good physical comedy. Ben Stiller and just just Dude. Ben Stiller being such an asshole, like a good asshole. Is entertaining. I've never seen. I mean, I'm assuming it's probably like his. Um, was it like the orderly role in Happy Gilmore? Yeah. My fingers are your fingers. Probably are based on this because you pull landscaping <laughs> duty. <laughs> yeah. When I started, I'll, I'll have to check the movie out. I've only ever seen like the trailer and then just I think <laughs> Nick quoting. It's been canceled due to lack of hustle. <laughs> I think I saw this, 
I don't think I was a kid when I saw this. It was later in life. Like, I know it was right around that peak time where I probably should have seen it, but I was was a bad. My balls had dropped, and I was thinking about (laughs) girls. I remember watching it a ton during summertime, and when I looked up when the movie came out, it was February, so I was surprised. So I think maybe, I don't know if it had a theatrical release or what, but I know I didn't see it there, and it might have been through a free Disney preview weekend. But um, I recorded it, and that's how I managed to watch it for as long as I did. And if I didn't record it, it's just they played it like every single day while we had Disney Channel, because that wasn't a channel that we got often. Like, having Disney seemed to be more rare than having, like, HBO, because that was also one of the premium TV channels that one could possibly get. So we never had it often. This movie's got uh, Goldberg in it, too. It was like, I think he was in Mighty Ducks and this, and I think that was like his big uh, childhood movies. Like the wrestler Goldberg or like Adam Goldberg? <laughs> Bill Goldberg. Not <laughs> not Adam Goldberg, not Bill Goldberg, but the character Goldberg from the Mighty Ducks. Oh, yeah. The goalie. <laughs> I'm not, his name's not coming to mind. I immediately assumed you meant the wrestler Goldberg. <laughs> I, I did Bill too. Goldberg. I think that that um, that actor went through a lot of shit recently. He did. I actually saw a picture of him not not too long ago, and he looked night and day better than how he's been doing. And hopefully, that's continued for him. Yeah. Yeah. This it's a shame to see you like that, but yeah, the the kid that plays Jerry, the lead in this movie, like he long bottomed big time because when I looked him up. Just to see, like, oh, I wonder what some of, like, the principal cast is doing. I already know what Ben Stiller's doing, you know, um, Kenan Thompson and shit. And when I looked up Jerry, I'm like, holy shit. Like, Damn! Complete, complete long bottom. Didn't expect it. Wait, what's long bottom? Neville long bottom? Yeah, it's, uh... The glow up? Oh, oh, he became sexy. Yes. (laughs) I gotcha. I wasn't seeing that as a verb. I was like... Rock bottom, long bottom, like what happened? Did he did he fall and fall from another grace? another example? <laughs> I got of you now. Long bottoming is um, hiccup from how um, how to train your dragon because you get like Neville long bottom in the first one, and by the time you get to the third one, it's like this is dealing with a man now. <laughs> he didn't get buff and sexy though. He just he just he, he wised up. A little, a little also, buff. there's think... some heavy rule thirty four oh. in that. <laughs> Also in How Wait, to Train what? Your Dragon, I feel like that was that was a series that got very dark over time. Like I still enjoyed it, but it's like he what was it? He loses a leg or something like that. That was in the first one, yeah. That was I the first movie, yeah. When there's that actual like so many movies now, like you know nothing's gonna happen to the main character. There is no sense of peril because I know these all, all these people are gonna live. That's why I want to go into every Disney Pixar movie with the Texas Chainsaw slogan, who will survive and what will be left of them. <laughs> Toy Story three, <laughs> holy shit! Like I surprised, I'm surprised they went with that uh, the ending that they tried to do, like all the toys admitting Whoa. that they're about to die. Like that is the most adult oh, thing yeah. I've ever seen in a child movie. Holy shit! Yeah, they're like them. we're all gonna die together, and like this is our fate. <laughs> hold it. And yeah. then they all hold hands and they start looking at each other, looking down at the pit. Like holy fuck! <laughs> that movie hit me hard. Yeah, every every well probably most now. Now grown men would be 
crying by the end of that movie. I think since the we started recording tonight, we've discussed how I can't make it through uh, the song Kodachrome. Um, I can't listen to the song Father and Son when they played at the end of Guardians 2. And I can't uh, make it through Toy, Thor- or Toy-, Toy Story 3. Uh, Toy Story 3. Kodachrome, Kodachrome came up in our preamble, so the listeners don't know about that. <laughs> Our preamble should have just that came been up. fully recorded. That was its own many. Yeah, we should have itself. It was. It was a lot of a lot of time. Ah, you there. guys should have been there. We we talked about uh, <laughs> the hobbies of uh, figure and comic and toy collecting, uh, speculation on price projections, the early rise of Vin Diesel's acting career <laughs> as a street yep. shark, uh, street salesman. He's the leader of the street sharks. He's a great warrior. He's got the feel, real shark skin. And he's, his special power is the right hand roundhouse punch. He sends a competition to a watery grave. Boom! Um, and uh, things that make me cry. <laughs> All right, another offshoot. We got rule of thirds, and now we'll have to have a, some other segment about everything just just an anything podcast we just talk for two hours <clears throat> the theory of everything yeah the that's what it'll be called we just talk for two hours <laughs> and hopefully it's interesting so heavyweights I, I oh yeah before we move on i was gonna ask like how um does that end does like does uh ben stiller get his or does he like come around to like being a nice guy or is he just like he just gets he, he just gets his comeuppance I don't remember. Well, I don't want to. I don't want to spoil it to you. Don't they? You want to spoil? Don't they it? bury him alive at the end? <laughs> well, they do tie him up. They lock him in the thing. And the kids make a pact that if he ever returns thirty years later, they'd come back. <laughs> There's some like stupid. I don't remember. I haven't. I didn't rewatch it for this, so forgive me. I mean, I remember the movie. I just. I actually don't remember how he gets busted, but I feel like something happens where like a legal loophole and like he. Tax evasion or some stupid shit. I was going to say tax evasion like Capone. Yeah. <laughs> so they get them all. Something stupid and they come in and they realize like, oh, you're a sham. Mm-hmm. We're going to arrest you. and Or he's broke and take, he wasn't take able to like, officially buy it. I don't remember. You don't have to worry about the CIA, the FBI, the DEA. The IRS always gets its man. I'm a terrible podcaster. I don't have my info. And it's my movie. <laughs> just research it when you edit this episode and, just, and then just insert it i might yeah so um yeah he ended up doing this and this is how he got arrested hey this is nick editing the episode i did end up refreshing my memory of the ending but i'm not gonna spoil it the movie's worth watching go watch it i actually had a tough time selecting what i'm calling my third favorite which is really it's drum roll The year was 1994, and this particular comedic actor had a hell of a year, starring in Dumb and Dumber, The Mask, and this selection of my third movie, Ace Ventura, Pet Detective. Never heard of it. The Miami Dolphins are missing their mascot, and only one man can track him down. Ace Ventura, pet detective. I don't do humans. Whether he's under fire, undercover. I'm looking for Ray Finkel and a clean pair of shorts. No. 
All the comedies on my list are very unknown, <laughs> obscure comedies. Ace Ventura. Isn't it just some dolphin documentary? <laughs> I should be afraid of this movie because it deal. Well, he's not in the ocean, but oh, there is a yeah. There's a shark in this yeah. movie. You know, yeah. You know, this this could be. <laughs> there's a shark. This is it. <laughs> this what caused it. No, well, I saw Jaws before this, but um, I that that part. I don't remember being particularly like scared of that part in Ace Ventura where he's finds the tank with the great white in it. Well, it is pretty terrifying. Yeah. It is, I mean, they, they make it out to be directly a Jaws kind of little parody there. Just like, that they, that's the feeling they give you. Um, it's a pretty good parody. Um, I wonder how they did that shark. Anyway. Um, uh, yeah, that, 1994, I'm not sure which came out first of the three of Mask, uh, Dumb and Dumber, and... I think they were all the same weekend. <laughs> well, that would have been insane. <laughs> <laughs> Introducing Jim Carrey <laughs> as Jim Carrey in Jim Carrey. Yeah, the Jim Carrey story. I don't know how long a break there was between Once Bitten and then these. I think quite a bit because I think Once Bitten was like eighties. Yeah, that was like it must have been yeah, like eighty nine or ninety or something. It's weird for him to get like a leading role in that, and then it's like, but he didn't become the superstar for years later, right? Yeah, that's a great point. As far as like feature films, like I don't know what kind of reception that had. I remember watching that on Comedy Central like a long time ago. Yeah, I only saw the TV version. I don't know if it's like a a lot was edited out or not. But uh, there was a decent amount, if I recall. There's some jokes and things like that that weren't even really jokes <laughs> back when it was made. It was like mm, that's a bit rough. But yeah, it was 1985 when I saw it in theaters. There were even jokes then, like, I that went over my head, but why is the theater laughing so hard? Like, at the end of the movie, I thought Einhorn shit himself, and there yeah. was close-up on just the dookie. I'm like, oh, okay. That was going to be one of my points about this, was like, I remember loving it as a kid, and then as I got older, like, rewatching it, there's like, oh, there's a bunch of stuff. Obviously, the movie's not for children, but... Considering they made a cartoon show, toys, <laughs> they, really... they realized kids were. They realized kids loved it because he is a cartoon character, but he's in a PG, a very PG thirteen world. Like I think they straddle the line. You know, in all three of his early nineties hits, they made cartoons for. Despite that's how none, true. None of them that's are a, meant for kids. That's a great point. Like, the mask can kind of be, but, I mean, it's got adult themes, like, it's, there's a lot of violence in it. I mean, hell, even yeah. the original property of the mask is really fucking violent. Ace Ventura came out February 4th. It was a February release, which... Oh, a Valentine's <laughs> Day treat. By the time of blockbusters, uh, like, movie blockbusters, like, that's... I don't know how the climate was in the early, mid-90s, but, like, the February, it's, like, not a... It's, like, a not a dumping ground, per se, but it's not when you release what you think is going to be your strong movies, your tent poles. Um, but obviously it was a surprise. It was a breakout hit and it, uh, pretty much made Jim Carrey a movie star that, um, dumb and dumber must've was like starting to film around that time. Cause that came out in De December 6th of that year of 94. The mask was the, was the summer movie that was July 28th. So they were putting a lot on that. It's amusing to me that Jeff Daniels, as a kid, that's where I knew him from, <laughs> only to find out that he's not a comedic actor. No, yeah, that was like a Leslie Nielsen yeah. moment for him. 
So it was really interesting seeing all of his other stuff and being like super serious and he's not funny and I'm expecting, you know, Harry the whole time and skis, huh? That's right. Great. The yours? Uh-huh. Both of them? Cool. <laughs> um, that movie never clicked with me. Oh man, that's yeah. I it, it maybe not the mask, but a Dumb and Dumber could have been the third, my third choice on here. Probably bolstered by the fact that it had the Mortal Kombat trailer on the VHS, which totally took me by surprise at the time. But um, I feel February 1994 was eclipsed by Disney's blank check. <laughs> Probably for a lot of people our age at the time. Yeah, Ace Ventura. Pet detective. I thought you'd never ask. All righty then. Directed by Tom Shadyak. Um, he also wrote it from a story from someone else. He did a lot of. He had a, a string of successful comedy, like '90s comedies. Uh, the Night Professor came after this, which he wrote. Yeah, that was good. Liar. I'm sorry. I mean, saying successful, not necessarily that you like it. Um, liar, liar, Patch Adams, and Bruce Almighty. <laughs> okay, I appreciated all the other ones. <laughs> I rewatched the Night um, Professor. It's actually good. The first one. I've heard of dreadlocks, but shitlocks. Um, <laughs> I I didn't like the original either. Like I didn't like it when Jerry Lewis did it, and I didn't really like. I liked Eddie Murphy. I just didn't really like. The Nutty Professor. Professor What's his name? Mm -hmm. Sherman. Sherman. Um, spandex. Oh, spandex. I don't know. I mean, I can't say if the movies. <laughs> I don't remember it as like. I'm, I liked it as a kid. I think I just. Yeah, I haven't watched that in a long time. That's definitely part of the zeitgeist because I remember like yeah. all of the lines from that whole movie was like the favorite thing everyone said. I'm about to get my colon cleaned. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, he's a little Hercules. Show me muscle again. Oh, Hercules, Hercules, Hercules. Essentially, Hercules. just all the scenes that Jack Black makes fun of in Tropic Thunder. Um, <laughs> yeah, so that's the same director who did all those. Did uh, I think this was his breakout directing success, I guess. Um, but anyway, Jim Carrey's just the front and center of this movie, and I, as a kid, just like he was my comment, like he was like the icon. Like it was like I would watch anything with him in it i was watching a living color probably wasn't supposed to at the time um fire marshal bill loved him um but you know the movie's about the dolphin that gets stolen because of a disgruntled uh, former player played by sean young um which i feel like she has weird history in hollywood that i don't really know about uh yeah because i think with sean young also in um Blade Runner? Blade Runner. Yep. Yeah. Um, so a tangent, or uh, side note, she was the year before this in a movie called Fatal Instinct, which I love as well because that's a, it was a airplane style send up of like body heat and fatal attraction and all those. I was just about to say, like, crime, in my head, love I was like, crime I, know, movies. I was like, I know basic instinct, I know fatal <laughs> attraction, but I've never heard of fatal instinct. Yeah, it so, sends up both of those movies that as like its base, like parody, and then it's just like one of those parody movies like top secret all those movies oh god it was it was hard when i started to look oh. at like these directors and people's like other movies i'm like oh all these movies could be on this list like, I, so yeah many now that things. you've 
Now that you remind me about um, Top Secret, now I'm disappointed because I'm like, oh, wait a second. Top Secret, Hot Shots. I forgot about yeah. all of these. Yeah. Yeah, the spoof movies are some of my Hot Shots favorite part kinds two. of comedy. Part two. I st- <laughs> Hot Shots Part 2. Another tangent. I w- always crack up in the opening scene when he's fighting the guy and he's like... <laughs> breaking the stuff and he's like dipping his hands in the glass or whatever and then he dips his hands in caramel and yeah. then it's like dipping it in m and cookie crunch <laughs> yeah it's pretty good um topper uh yeah ace ventura like i i would this is i would watch this movie and rewind the vhs and watch like literally the entire thing again like i would watch it back to back Maybe even maybe not three times. I don't really remember. This was a childhood favorite. I would act it out like I would do the movie front to back, and my sisters seemed to enjoy it. And then I would get to the parts that I didn't understand that were adult, and I would say them, and they were like, "No, no, no!" Like I would bend <laughs> over and like start singing out of my ass. I'm like, "Asshole, you me!" And they're like, "No, hey!" <laughs> I'm like, "What?" I didn't know he was saying "asshole." I didn't know that. I never understood the joke in the beginning with um, he finds the dog, he returns it to the girl, and then he's just like kind of <laughs> holding the ceiling, yeah. dancing for a second. Never understood it. We're real friendly around here. Whoa! My little childhood mind. <laughs> <laughs> also, come to think of it, now that you meant... So his partner was Tone Loke. Yes. Yep. Surf Ninja's which, So that means... Yeah. Full... Circle. So that means Tone Loke did Surf Ninjas the year before, and then this year he yep. did Ace Ventura, and the same month he did Blank Check. He, yep. Yeah, well, how, yeah, he was like Ice Cube before so I, Ice Cube. I mentioned it in the I mentioned it in the Surf Ninjas episode. He he worked in L.A., <laughs> got sick of all of the fucking ninjas, moved to Miami. <laughs> To try to get away from all of that. Then he ended up getting stuck with Ace. And then after solving the um, Snowflake's disappearing case, that's when he decided to just go rogue. He breaks bad. And then he moved. And then he breaks bad. I ain't had a vacation in 17 months, amongst other things. And I'm in some deep need of some serious laughs. You know what I'm saying? I thought he's in deep cover. Oh, Oh, we don't know. I guess we'll have to. We'll know if once we do our blank check episode. Now I now I want to watch it. Can see, can Disney do a like a from the other perspective movie like they did with Cruella of Tone Loke deep cover working for the the enemy? <laughs> or he shows up check. in the next Twenty One Jump Street movie. Yeah, <laughs> that would work. Are they making? Another? I enjoyed those movies. Talking comedy, I enjoyed them more than I thought I would. Like those, I think were funnier than I they had a too. right to be. I was, I was a little disappointed when they started to do like that parody thing at the end, and they were showing all the different Twenty One Jump Street movies <laughs> yeah. they were making. Because I took it as like, oh shit, this is the last one. Because you wouldn't make that kind of joke if you have a third one. Planned. Yeah, yeah, I'd watch another one of those. Um, I mean, we've all seen. Ace Ventura, not too much to say too much about. I guess maybe the, you know, this might come under a little bit of, like, it's a product of its time and, like, uh, you know, socially and, like, gender roles. Or I don't know, I don't know how I would say that. Um, like, like, 
people transitioning or transgender. Like, there's probably a lot of jokes that maybe are in poor taste in this movie at, today, but that aside, like, it's still a pretty good comedy to watch. <laughs> you mean that the writers of Ace Ventura Pet Detective didn't approach that topic, uh... No. With... <laughs> No proper information and a a gentle touch. No, they no, they did not. But I guess that goes probably a lot of topics that have changed today. It's like that was. I want to say it's accepted, but it's like it's like that's just how like people weren't, you know, considering, considering that just like homosexual kind of culture, like it was like a taboo thing, and then now it's just become very like yeah whatever, which is good. But at the time, yeah. you know, you get movies like that. <laughs> The easiest way to tell if we've grown as a culture is to watch things we used to laugh at and be like, ooh, that's not funny anymore. <laughs> yeah. Even, oh, and Bill and Ted, it's like, they say the F word. Not fuck, but the other one. You're like, ah, damn. You're like, shit, yeah. they said it, but you know those people aren't, in their hearts, aren't like, you know, jerks and assholes. It was just like, that was okay to say that word back then. Yeah. So you just kind of look it, past it. It was thrown that. liberally around throughout yeah. like the 80s movies. Yeah. Yeah. Like some of the ones I loved that it's just like, oh, kids talking and they're dropping it. And I'm like, really? Yep. It's like, ooh, everything else. <laughs> nailed it. Aside from that part of it, uh, Ace Ventura, I think, is still really rewatchable and very funny today to me still. I remember. Rubber face. Carrie. I remember not seeing it for years, as I mentioned in the previous episode. And everybody always used to talk about it. And then finally, when I was working for Blockbuster, and it was like late one night, everybody, it was kind of a, a slow night. So I just, we turned it on the uh, the TVs there just so I can watch it while I'm stocking stuff. And I enjoyed it. And then I came back later and I set up like the AB repeat of a specific scene. And it was the, put me in the game coach, I'm ready to play. And then he smashes his face into the table. <laughs> and it was just like over and over of him hitting his face into the chair. Uh, this is one of our therapy rooms, and uh, we do arts and crafts out here in the courtyard. And this is the storage room. And down the hallway here, we have another. I guess so, speak, um, speaking of that scene and me collecting toys that NECA, N-E-C-A, they um, <laughs> they put out an 8-inch clothed figure of regular Ace Ventura in his like striped pants and Hawaiian shirt, but then they also just released the him at Shady Acres' uh, mental facility in his tutu. Um, it's entertaining. I don't have those. Like I have, a, I have an affinity for that movie, but I have no desire to own the figure. But it's still funny that they made it in any case. It's even got his, like, that deranged look on <laughs> <Yeah>. his face. <laughs> Just, I'm ready to go in, I Coach. Just that. give me a chance. <laughs> Halftime. Um, <laughs> 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 I would love to be in a fly on the wall on, like, I guess any of these movies. The Mask, Dumb and Dumber, Ace Ventura. Just to see, like, yes, it, there's there's lines written on the page, but, like, how much are they like, okay, Jim, go. Like, do your thing. <laughs> Action. <laughs> like, he just... Yeah, any movie he's in, I'm honestly amazed they even got a film recorded. Because <laughs> I feel they would waste all their film by, like, day two, because <laughs> just, he wouldn't stop. <laughs> and it's just too precious not to, like, you gotta keep recording him, man. <laughs> it's not on the page, but we still need Classic. it. 
Plastic ace. So I guess that brings us back around to me with number two. I don't know where you gentlemen were in September of 1944, but number two on my list is based on a 1941 play called Arsenic and Old Lace. In it, there's a man. Now listen to this. Now he knows he's in the house with murderers, so he ought to know he's in danger. He's even been warned to get out of the house. And does he go? Yes. No, he doesn't. He stays. This fellow doesn't even have sense enough to be scared or to be on his guard. No, no. The murderer even invites him to sit down. Now, what do you think he does? Oh, I don't know. He sits down. Is that one of He deliberately pulls up a chair like that, and he sits down in it. Isn't that great? <laughs> so there he is, all waiting to be trussed up and gagged. <laughs> what do you think they used to truss him up with? What? The curtain cord. <laughs> but didn't he see him get it? See him get it? No, the silly chump sits down with his back toward the murderer. All he has to do is look around, but does he? No. Yeah. Look, don't you see Brother Heidelberg in a play, or even in a movie for that matter, a fella never sees or hears anything. No, that's right. But, but what does he do? What does he do? Well, a big chump sits there. This fellow is supposed to be bright. He sits there. Now, get a load of this. Look. Look at the attitude. <laughs> Large as life. He sits there waiting to be tied up and gagged. <laughs> the big dog. <laughs> Directed by Frank Capra. That did a just a string of classic movies uh, that you guys probably know some of them, like It's a Wonderful Life, Meet John Doe, Mr. Smith Goes to Washington, It Happened One Night, uh, and Mr. Deeds Goes to Town, which was re- eventually remade into Mr. Deeds with Adam Sandler. So he had just like kind of hit after hit after hit during that time. All of his movies were known as uh, reviewers would call it Capricorn because they said it was very kind of uh, corny at the time uh, while still being I popular. I resent that. What? <laughs> as a Capricorn? That is <laughs> Using it as not a... cool. <laughs> as, a, as a derogatory. You called it that. I'm like, wait, I'm waiting for it. Like, where's, where's the negative? <laughs> oh, yeah. It's, I mean, it's because Capricorn. Um, yeah, I get that. But yeah, I, 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 yeah, 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 you get it. You get it, Ice. <laughs> um, so yeah, so the, the movie itself, we follow Mortimer Brewster, who is Cary Grant, directly following him trying to get a marriage license in secret, secret with his new wife because he's trying to do it in secret because he's like a well-known writer and a well-known bachelor. Uh, he wrote books on kind of like staying single kind of deal. So it's the equivalent of like when George Clooney finally got uh, married kind of thing. So before they escape for their honeymoon, he stops at his aunt's house in, I think it's like Brooklyn. Um, And it's, I think, I think it's Halloween. Yeah, it's Halloween night on Brooklyn. And they live like right next to the cemetery. So he decides to check in and pick up some things and then kind of hijinks ensue. Because while he's visiting uh, and getting his stuff, he ends up checking in their window seat looking for something and finds a dead body in the window seat. (laughs) And he thinks it's his cousin who's uh thinks he's teddy roosevelt the cousin is constantly like plays his bugle and charges up the stairs and everything so he thinks that the cousin's finally completely snapped and killed somebody and then he's trying to kind of figure out like what do we do with this if it was my cousin i need to take care of him so i need to have him committed like immediately i need to get him into a a good home uh, so he's trying to reach out to like this Happydale sanitarium. He's trying to like get all the paperwork done before he goes on his honeymoon. 
And as this is going on, like his aunts are poisoning old men and burying them down in the basement, uh, telling the uh, cousin that it's a yellow fever victim. So he needs to go down to Panama and dig another canal. So he's burying all of the bodies down there. <laughs> so it's it's just a wacky movie. His uh, old, like his brother that turned into a criminal that they say was like, looked like Boris Kar- or Karloff. They ended up, uh, he comes home with Peter Laurie who, and they're on the run from like some other murders that they did. So they're trying to hide the body of the guy they just killed in the aunt's house and they end up finding the other bodies. So it's like this weird stalemate of, you can't call the cops because I'll call the cops on you because all of us have a body in this house at this point. <laughs> so it, it's it's fun. It, it's all over the place. But the the stage play, the character of the brother was played by Boris Karloff, who had an investment in the theater uh, production for it. So when they did the movie, Raymond Massey took over for him. But they kept all the stuff discussing like that he looks like Boris Karloff because he had like plastic surgery, but the doctor was drunk. So he has like all these scars and kind of uh, features on him. So I remember my parents showing me this as a young child and it just became one of those movies that cemented into my brain to the point where I remember tracking down and listening to the radio productions that they did of the show because I was like this child out of time who grew up loving 40s radio shows. So at this point, it's, I've seen this movie dozens of times. I've heard this movie in a half hour production. I've seen this or heard this movie in an hour production. Um, and every single time it's, it's a blast. Come into it with a grain of salt, just for the fact that if you're not a fan of like classic films, that yes, it's a little kind of hokey if you were to compare it to current. Um, but it's, I still laugh at it. It's still great. I mean, even if you're, uh, even if you like, uh, scoff, not scoff's not the right word because they're classics, but like, if you like, oh, black and white, it's from the fifties or forties, sorry, like Mm -hmm. you, you can't escape Cary Grant's charm. Like how can anybody not watch a Cary Grant movie and be like, this guy is a movie star. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh, you better go home. But darling, we were married today. Well, all right, go home, go to bed, get some rest. Rest? Suave. I have not seen any classic movie. Oh, we got to start some. I, I mean, I haven't seen nearly as much as Tim, but there, there are some, Tim's real, an there are some real good ones. Because I believe he's a vampire <laughs> that's been living for the last, like, 300 years. Because the movies he's seen, I'm like, nope. Person of your generation has he used seen to go to, many. He used and to go to mean, bars with Cary Grant, is what you're saying. <laughs> yes, yes. He's the one I told him to do that thing in that movie before it came out. That was my idea. The photo of the New Year's ball over in the the gold ballroom, me and Cary Grant, 1943. Yeah. Um, <laughs> like, hey, Tim, I'm going to be in this new movie coming out. Well, frankly, dear, I don't give a damn. Huh. I, it's it's a lonely existence because all of these movies that I grew up on and all these movies are like, I love the classics. All the people who appreciate them are slowly disappearing. <laughs> and eventually, unless new people like get into these or unless new people start appreciating them, um, or at least more so, so it becomes commonplace. Like I know there's a ton of people out there that appreciate classic movies, but until it becomes commonplace, like it... It's something that's few and far between as far as like I can sit down and talk with somebody about like, oh, like I loved uh, Through the Night with uh, Humphrey Bogart or um, 
any one of that sort. Like, uh, you can't take it with you with, I think, uh, Lionel Barrymore. Like, all these different movies here that, if you give it a shot, like, they're great movies. They hold up. Um, yeah, it's funny to think about in, like, 50 years, like, maybe sooner, but, like, in just in 50 years, like, the, the pool of people that are talking about movies from the 40s is gonna, it's gonna be smaller and smaller. Um, it's, I guess it sucks to think about any, like, I guess modern history in the sense of, like, from the late 1800s and onward, like, so much media recorded and created, it's like, people will only have so many time in their lives to give to anything that's ever been made, so. It's gonna be weird in, like, honestly, 200 years, with the way that content is created nowadays, I don't know how the fuck you can keep up. We're going to be looking at movies from how we look at it from the 80s. 200 years from now, they're going to feel that way about movies that came out like five years ago. <laughs> like, wow, you remember that one? Yeah, it only came out five years ago, but like a thousand other things came out in the same genre since. And just the way we consume content then versus now, I can only imagine what it's going to be like in the even like recent future. Yeah. Opposed to like hundreds of years down well, the line plus it's crazy just to think of as time goes on the things that are now being put into like oh it preservate like i on if you go on like hbo max they have the whole section for i think it's like turner classic movies for the preservation uh films and whatnot for the classics but the cutoff has been moving forward that now all of a sudden the cutoff is like 2001 i check it and it's like oh the turner classic movies Clueless, Turner Classic Movies, Rush Hour, and it's <laughs> wow. That's bizarre. That's bizarre. <laughs> yeah. How bizarre. Fifty million dollars? And who do you think you kidnapped Chelsea Clinton? Ugh, as if. So, yeah, that that's arsenic and old lace. <laughs> Definitely <laughs> go give it a shot. The classics are worth checking out. I'm always down to talk uh, movies made prior to 1970. I'd watch, post I'd watch it. Cary Grant. I'd watch any Cary Grant movie. Oh, so many good Cary Grant ones. I mean, North by Northwest. Um, or if you want other comedy the main ones, one like uh, Father Goose is funny. It's him. He's, uh, I think it's during like World War II or something. And he, his job is to be like the radio man on this island by himself. And they drop supplies off every so often. And he's supposed to keep an eye out for, I think, like enemy ships or enemy planes. And then... I forget what the situation was, but it's like a, um, like a girl's school or something like that. Like a their ship or their plane goes down, and they end up shipwrecked on his island with him. So it's like this grizzled Cary Grant that hates people now having to be the, uh, like father figure to all of these children plus the teacher. Right, fun Cary Grant. So check it out. Check 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 it out some don't really carry on i'm always amazed on how some movies will make me laugh and it's supposed to be a comedy that like you know i watched it as a kid it was funny but to keep it that way i'm always nervous like uh how much of this actually you know still has its thing there's some movies from my childhood like as far as comedies that i've chosen not to watch again because i have a very strong suspicion that it's like yeah i probably won't find it funny this time and I'd rather just leave it in my head of like, I enjoyed it at one time rather than, yeah, my last memory of it is not liking it. So that brings us to what? Number two for <laughs> Nicholas? Yeah. This is one that you showed me that I didn't expect to like. 
I actually screwed it. Love it beyond imagining. You were getting tattooed. So our tat your tattoo artist likes to put on horror movies to watch it so that you know just as a background noise kind of thing sparks discussion and today they decided to put on tucker and dale versus evil mm. couch kids what am i doing here fell into the water uh dove in and rescued you we'll go find your friends you should relax tucker and dale are on the case what is this place it's just a cabin it doesn't mean they're psycho killers then why don't you go in there and talk to them all right maybe i will I said maybe. <laughs> At the top of my notes. <laughs> uh, it's about two hillbillies suspected of being killers by like this group of paranoid like college kid. Um, I keep wanting to say teenagers, but they're not. They're just young college kids, like kids in their early 20s and shit. And they're camping. And then things keep happening where the college kids look at it and they think it's Tucker and Dale being the evildoers. But it's pure like coincidence. Because these two are like the most likable duo that you would ever want to actually like share a beer with. And like, oh, these guys are awesome. Like, I want to hang out with them. But the college kids are terrified because, you know, ghost story, campfire um, things like bullshitting around the campfire late at night. Like, oh, yeah, it's a hillbilly known to be like some wild killer in the nearby woods. And over the course of the movie, the college kids end up kind of killing themselves in front <laughs> of the hillbillies. But... Like, the one scene comes to mind with the wood chipper. Yeah. yeah. Hilarious. Officer, it has been a doozy of a day. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's one of those movies that did so well that as much as I would love to see a sequel, I feel it's good enough as it is on its own that it just sits comfortably in my head. Like, yeah, that's a great memory. Yeah, that, that definitely... I need to rewatch it because... Every so often, I'll go back and check it out again, and I, I still love that movie. Um, I think it's, was it Tyler Labine mm -hmm. and Alan Tudyk? Yes. Um, mm -hmm. But the two of them were perfect for it. Like, just two guys that just want to, like, fix up the cabin and just be able to go fishing <laughs> and just relax. And uh, I, what was it? When they're at the, in the beginning of the movie, when they first meet the college kids, and it, he's trying to work up the nerve to, like, go talk to the girl or whatever, and Alan Tudyk is... They just, it's nice, it's disarming if you just kind of say yeah, something uh, and laugh. Going camping? <laughs> <laughs> I watched this movie, I think I, I, I think I watched it once and it was just like, I think it was at my, was at my parents' house and just for whatever reason, it was just like, hey mom, do you want to watch a movie? Like, and we landed on Tucker and Dale versus Evil. I think I just saw the trailer and was like, oh, it's like, it's, you know, I knew the gist of it and explained it to her, and she actually really liked it. She has a she has a good sense of humor about stuff. Um, I didn't expect it to be, I didn't realize it was going to be so gory, but she didn't mind, but it was like, it it was, uh, that was my, that's my, I guess, memory of it, watching it, watching it with my mom, but it was, it's hilarious. It's really well done. The, the term subvert expectations has been brought up in a very negative context in my life a lot lately and Star Wars joke um, but this movie I feel properly does it and walking into it I had no idea what it's about and then just even the way that it kind of eases itself into the plot line like it really isn't about anything it's just two guys wanting to go fishing there is no 
inherently evil thing that's possessing anybody yeah, or it's not supernatural at um all. yeah i mean like the ending with the other kid there like i think that's just kind of where the you know jumps the shark a little bit but the whole rest of the movie is just purely bad luck <laughs> across the board for everybody because it's not what you expect at every turn and i like that because you're expecting the two hillbilly types to be the one to like wanting to kill everyone like nope these are the good guys this time it's like they took a board meeting broke down the movie and they just did the complete opposite of every point that they did so i loved it it was a good choice tim thank you for playing it i night. i love a good horror comedy. yeah like uh, this would be a movie where i would you know if i could orchestrate my fate i would have like i'd see the poster i'd see the who's in it and it's probably like, okay this is a comedy of some sort, and then just watch the movie. Like, that would be a perfect, like, I think I'm watching a comedy, but I don't really know what's about, and then that would be great. It just has one of those premises where it's like, the less you know, the better, but I know we've spoiled that if you haven't seen it, but it's still really, regardless, it's it's a great, uh, it's a great ride. I mean, I would have skipped it, flat out, because if it wasn't for Alan Tudyk, this looks like one of those like college humor kind of movies of like there's one where it's like zombie strippers or something, something or really like broad lesbian vampire hunters oh lesbian vampire killers with uh james corton <laughs> yeah like i thought it would just be one of those like c b level like comedies but then watching it realizing like no this is this is up there this surpasses all of them so i i think that's great and it makes me want to watch it again, just because as soon as you mentioned it, all the quotes came to my head, and I'm like, ah, I need to rewatch this. It's so quotable. Oh, yeah. So quotable. <laughs> I, I I haven't watched it since that that day, or that uh, era that came out, uh, so I definitely needs a revisit from me. Recommended, even from that one time I saw it. Everybody should watch that. If you, I didn't if you don't mind gory stuff, time either. Like, it's, it's funny, but it's, it's not scary, but... Oh yeah, it's extremely, extremely gory. Not scary, not scary gore. Like one scene, the, the the college kids are trying. We need to take the hillbillies out. I'm gonna go up behind him with this spear. <laughs> I'm gonna run up to him and I'm just gonna impale him with the spear. <laughs> and then he goes to run, and then I guess he trips and falls, misses, and this is when um, I, Alan Tudyk is like throwing wood in a wood chipper. <laughs> so the kid misses Alan Tudyk, and instead he goes right into the wood chipper. <laughs> It's so brutal. And then he's trying to grab his legs to help get him back out. <laughs> and the other kid shows up to try to help to kill him and just sees him holding the kid's ankles as he's in the wood chipper. Are you okay? <laughs> a comedy of errors. Uh, yeah. A classic formula applied to a horror genre. When I first saw it, like, I didn't get to sit down and see it from start to finish. So I only got, like, half hour or 40 minutes into it in the very beginning too i didn't pay full attention because you know i'm hanging out with you and mike at the time so i was trying not to just watch a movie while we're all actively chatting but over the course of the movie i was starting to be less interested in the conversation like this movie's fucking good <laughs> have you guys seen this movie so tucker and dale versus evil which means that means me hey me um, this is a classic of the... The Mask. 
<laughs> yeah, I already said all them. All his 1994 yeah, hits. 1994. Ace Ventura. Two. <laughs> um, Ace Ventura Jr. No, but I did talk about some movies that are cross sections of this one. Um, this fi- this movie comes from the files of Police Squad, and it is called <laughs> The Naked Gun. Enrico Palazzo. <laughs> the Naked Gun. In this city, there's crime on every street. But one man has seen enough. Ooh. He's Lieutenant Frank Drebin. Whatever scum did this, not one man on this force will rest for one minute until he's behind bars. Now let's grab a bite to eat. He's a good cop who's having a bad day. His best friend... Oh, everyone should have a friend like you. ...is in a coma. As soon as Nordberg is better, he's welcome back at police squad. But I wouldn't wait until the last minute to fill out those organ donor cards. By the Zucker, one of the Zucker brothers movies, yes, who originated Airplane. Um, They did Top, top Secret as well. That's a, the Val Kilmer one. You know, it's interesting to me that that style of humor worked so well, but then when they started to do it with Scary Movie, it just didn't work. I, I think Scary Movie did work from uh, you know, I mean, from what I remember, like the first one. Yeah, first one was decent, and it just kind of got went progressively. Downhill. Yeah, I will say though that the third movie has one of my favorite I, favorite <laughs> I jokes. I knew you were going to bring of this all up. time. <laughs> we we recently, I had never seen the first. <laughs> Or any of the scary movies, so um, I don't think those would be up your alley. What did you think? I I didn't love them. There are parts I laughed at, and then when we got to the third movie, as we were making our way through, as soon as the part came up, I remembered it from you telling me about it, and I immediately was like, "Check this out. This is Dean's favorite line." <laughs> what What is it? Uh, I seen it only once, and I was on a date. I don't remember the movie. So the third one, I think it's. It's a main, uh, I think it's Signs. Is it Signs? Signs is like the main parody, like the plot that it parodies. And Charlie Sheen plays the Mel Gibson priest character. And it's the scene where, from Signs, where his wife's in an accident. Um, You know, she's like being held together by the truck against the tree. Um, Yeah. (laughs) In the movie, there's this really serious moment where like all the first responders are at the, and firefighters are at the scene. And that just it's it's showing their like a uh, Mel Gibson's perspective, walking to see his wife, and they're just looking at him like, oh man, like I'm, so, it just feels so bad for him. And they do that same shot in the parody, <laughs> and it's like the serious, like everybody's looking at him like you poor bastard. And then the guy who hit her, he's part of that group and just stands up and he's like, Tom, I need a ride home. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> Like that just like kills. That's just like a great dark joke. That's just like perfect. Tom, I'll need a ride home. Just ignoring the severity of the situation. Anyway, um, I think they the Zucker's. Did David Zucker come in and on Scary Movie Three? I know they maybe it was Scary Movie Four. They started because it was the the it was the Wayans brothers that were like the. You know the creative team behind the first two, and I think the sucker somebody came in uh, on the third movie. I, I feel like it. Maybe it was the fourth movie. In any case, yeah, those movies were spawned from Airplane and that that spoof humor that those guys you know invented and perfected. 
Um, and then the Naked Gun, like Leslie Nielsen had already been like, you know, an airplane. All those serious actors did their comedic shtick, and it's a great, you know, it's a classic. But I think just Airplane, I saw more as a kid and just resonated more. Those jokes resonate more with me throughout the whole movie. And it's like there's not a bad or unfunny scene in the whole thing, as far as I'm concerned. Like it's just, it's it's wacky and it's silly and. Uh, I especially love, there's a scene <laughs> Leslie Nielsen is trying to get information out of this guy at like, the docks. <laughs> and it's the whole, like, <laughs> it's the whole routine of, like... Yeah! Lieutenant Drebin, police squad. Oh, I remember you, Drebin. Uh, what do you want? I want to ask you some questions. You familiar with that face? I don't know. My memory ain't so great. Oh, yeah? Maybe this will refresh your memory. I don't know, it's still kind of hazy. How about this? Yeah, I remember him. I used to see him around. Why do you want to know? I can't tell you that. Well, maybe this will help. I really don't think I should. Yeah, you still don't think so? All right, his name is Nordberg. He's a cop. The movie's just full of that. I mean, it's like, you've seen Airplane, you've seen those other movies, you know what to expect, but it just... I don't know, it's it's classic, it's like... Even after all these years, Airplane still makes me laugh, because it's just the... The serious nature of whatever situations presented to them, and just like I think my favorite line to this day is just like, "You'd better tell the captain we've got to land as soon as we can. This woman has to be gotten to a hospital." A hospital? What is it? It's a big building with patients, but that's not important right now. Tell the captain I must speak to him. <laughs> Pick the wrong week to quit methamphetamine. <laughs> you like movies about gladiators, Joey? <laughs> <laughs> I always love the drinking problem thing because every time yeah. something spills, whenever I watch someone drink, that's my first thought. Like, oh, problem. you got a drinking problem? I love how I we started this whole topic of it was difficult for me to find three comedies that would make my list, and now since we've started, I remembered like nine of them that just make me crack up thinking about them. <laughs> and uh, oh, who's uh, what's her name? Priscilla Presley is the female love interest in the naked gun she climbs up the ladder to like get something out of the attic and he's looking up and he's like nice beaver thank you i just had it stuffed let me help you with that and she's like thanks <laughs> yeah the taxidermied beaver or uh was surprise oj simpson yeah uh, i think was in the first one as, oh yeah uh, the, and the second one i think too, yeah. um like the partner or whatever it was. Nordberg. And he ends up, Nordberg. And he ends up in the hospital and he's like in this full body cast. And the nurse is like uh, telling his wife, I think we can save your husband's arm. Where would you like it sent? <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, oh yeah. And just, and yeah, everything is good when he's the umpire and just, he's like, yeah, I forget how he gets onto the field in disguise as an umpire, but. They throw the first pitch, and he's just... The catcher catches it, and every, it's just like this long moment of silence. Everybody just looks at him, <laughs> waiting for what he says, and he's like, uh... Strike? And he gets into it. Just calls everything a strike, and is like, moonwalking. Oh, God. <laughs> and to it's think at like the time, through. Leslie Nielsen was a dramatic actor. <laughs> right. This movie got him Surf Ninjas. Um, yeah, really? I don't. I mean, uh, just him being Leslie Nielsen. I'm just kidding. 
Because I only knew him as this, like a comedic actor, right? From Airplane to like all the way up to like Mr. Magoo. That's that's all I know him from. Yeah. I didn't know until years later that no, he was he was a he was another like Jeff Daniels kind of thing, just in reverse. Yeah, yeah. Like it seemed toward the end, he just did comedies instead of this typical airplane like, yeah. dramas. Yes, yeah, set that path yeah. for him. Um, yeah, yeah, that was everybody. Robert Stack, um, Leslie Nielsen. I don't know what's the oh, and what's the main the other guy who can't the wrong week to quit drinking. They were all uh, like, was it they Robert? Were all, they were all serious actors. Um, in any case. Um, the Naked Gun. I mean, you could pick pick any clip and just like play it while we're talking. I will just like um Reggie Jackson. It's funny. Reggie Jackson has a big part in this movie. At, at, you know, towards the in that baseball scene, like the 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 climax, and he shows up later. David Zucker directed the basketball with Matt Stone and Trey Parker, and then Reggie Reggie Jackson. Has a cameo in that movie too, so I guess they stayed friends. <laughs> Reggie, Coop, nice going out there. Thanks, man. But you know, I gotta tell you, it's because of you that I'm here. That's nice to know. I brought this for you. I saw some kid try to leave the ballpark with it. You gotta hang on to that. I got the two home run balls I hit in the World Series. Some wretched little shit got the third one. That sucks, dude. Ever since, uh, ever since the naked That's gun. That's a favor if I ever asked for one. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, what is there to say about the naked gun? If you don't find anything about that movie funny, like I don't want to know you. And if you do find it funny, check out the TV show that was short-lived, Police Squad. Oh yeah, I think I've seen one or two episodes of that. I need to track it's the rest so of good. them down. It is. It is. It's. It's great. There is a show with Rashida Jones. Oh, like, oh something yes. Tribeca. That, yeah, Angie Tribeca. Yes, I didn't yeah, like that. That had a its humor style was very reminiscent of right. This. That's what I heard. I, I still I hadn't gone to check it out. I only I only seen one episode of it, and it was a little jarring because you don't expect naked gun airplane humor in a TV show. So when they threw some of the jokes out there, it was like, holy shit, what the fuck is this? And it was kind of hard to watch. But once you kind of <laughs> realize this is what the show is, I think it would be more appreciation for it. Yeah. Yeah. Might be up your alley. I remember my father introducing me to Police Squad and getting to the end of the episode where normally there would be like the freeze frame as the credits come up. But everybody would just stand still. So as the credits are going, you see people like just kind of wobbling or somebody would be pouring coffee. And as the credits are going, the cup overflows and it's just like pouring and you see it like pouring on his lap. And it's just like everybody's standing still. The best one of those that I remember, because I've seen one or you know, a couple episodes. It's like they have this criminal in handcuffs and they're in a police station and they all freeze frame. And he like looks around like, like <laughs> nobody's moving and he just gets up and like runs out of I don't remember if it was Police Squad or one of the Naked Gun movies, but um, they like find Leslie Nielsen in his office or something like that. And he's like, "How did you get in here?" I'm a locksmith, and I'm a locksmith. <laughs> that was <laughs> that was Police Squad. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm a locksmith, and I'm a locksmith. Oh God. Uh, I could I go on watch. all night about yeah. Naked Gun and Police Squad. <laughs> yeah. So that brings me to number one. 
which to me, I feel is a film that is perfectly cast, perfectly made, and I would not change a single thing about it. It is 1985, based on a board game, Clue. Every person in this room has the perfect motive. Stand back! For murder. What do you mean? Murder. But only one of these suspects is the murderer. Is it the timid Mr. Green? Why are you screaming? Because I'm frightened! What? Screaming! Or the militant Colonel Mustard? If I was the killer, I would kill you next. Huh? Sit here. Mrs. White, who helped Damn. her husband on his way. What's the matter of life after death? Uh, so, directed by Jonathan Lynn, who did Sergeant Bilko, uh, My Cousin Vinny, The Whole Nine Yards. Um, so, like, every, everybody should know this movie, and if not, like, definitely go check it out. It, As I said, like, it's the absolute perfect cast. The script does not miss a beat for 97 minutes. I remember seeing this on Comedy Central as a kid, and most of the rapid-fire jokes went over my head. But the ones I did get were enough to make this a favorite, especially everything with Tim Curry. Like, uh, when I think it was like the cop shows up at the door and they think that he found out that uh, there was a body in the other room. And he's like, wait, so there's no problem? Yeah, it's a free country. Don't you know that? I didn't know it was that free. (laughs) (laughs) But for a movie that entirely occurs within like a single location, it somehow never gets stale and there's never a scene that drags. Uh, but yeah, like anybody that's never seen Clue, do yourself a favor and go check out Clue. It's timeless. Oh, yeah. I didn't watch it until I think I was like 23, 24. And you wouldn't have known that it was made in, you know, 20 years ago at that point. Yeah. Some movies from like the 80s and stuff, you can definitely feel like it's dated. Still funny, but it has that older kind of comedy style to it. This I felt. Like, it could have been made last year. I wouldn't have known the difference. Kind of like what they did with, like, American Psycho to make it look like it was shot in the 80s. Yeah. Yeah, if they, you could have done that with Clue, you wouldn't have known. This right. is a, another one of those... Uh, I I watched Comedy Central a lot when I was... Uh, I say a kid, but I guess, like, teenager, you know. Um, back when they used to run these, these classic movies all the time. Um, I don't think I ever caught this outside of a TV edit or like, you know, broken up by commercials. I never sat down and straight just watched it uninterrupted. Yeah, because I I don't think there was anything TV edit wise that they had to change or take out. So it was literally just a case of the straight movie just thrown in with commercials. Wouldn't it have been like the ending? Because didn't they have like three or four different endings that the, the home release had them all. Yeah, and I think the, I think the, the last card ending that pops up, and it's like yeah. it could have happened this way. I think they do make a hard decision for the home release, right? They say this is how yeah, it really but it really ended. happened this way, right? Where X is the killer. Um, yeah, <laughs> which are you probably going to go into that the theatrical way they did it? Yeah, so like I I loved how they had three different endings that I guess originally like I. I Granted, I wasn't around to see it in theaters. But depending on the theater, they had a different ending to the movie, seen as it was based on a board game. Like, it could go anyway. And then the one that I originally saw was the the home version that had 
all three different versions. So it's like, here's how it could have happened. Or it could have been this person is the killer and this is how it could have happened. Or this is how it really happened. Um, and every time it, it's it changes a little bit from there. But it's... I actually almost prefer one of the endings that turned out to not be the actual ending because I was always rooting for a a different person um, <laughs> who turns out to be the bad guy. But I I mean I just I don't think we've seen that happen since, and it probably might have been the first one to like imagine going see a movie and you go to talk about it with somebody who also saw it, and you're like, what are you talking about? That wasn't he wasn't the killer. Like this was the they were the killer. Like. And they're just going and, like, you saw a completely different ending. Conversations and, like, buzz that would have generated. I don't know. I think it's really interesting. Yeah. That whole thing is pretty bold when you think about it. Because yeah. in the 80s, to make a movie based on a board game, even today, it's, like, very hit or miss. You didn't like Battleship? <laughs> <laughs> you sank my Battleship. So for them to do that in the 80s, and not only that, but shoot, like, three or four different endings, like, that's fucking bold i mean they had a huge classic on their hands but did they know when they were making that i don't think so i don't know i mean like they had a, a all-star cast i mean you had like tim curry martin mull christopher lloyd eileen brennan it was a the solid cast that they had to have known like these are all great like comedic actors and whatnot so it has to turn out good it was fun they had all the little like kind of uh music icons in the movie Mr. Body was, uh, I think, leaving from the germs. What the like singing telegram girl was Jane Weedlin from the Go Go's. So it was all these fun little cameos and whatnot. But I think every single character was perfectly cast in this, and it has I one of my favorite agree. closing lines in this movie. Okay, Chief, take him away. I'm gonna go home and sleep with my wife. And then it's just friends. <laughs> <laughs> I know my wife uh, Laura, who, if you listen to the Power Rangers episode was a guest she she might put clue on her list like she loves that movie oh that yeah might be in her top three like I, I remember us chatting clue like years ago so it's been like an ongoing thing for ages yeah, she loves it since we're fossils <laughs> so yeah clue play the board game then uh watch the film or just watch the then film. play the board game for the source material. And watch the what film. are the few murder mystery movies, too, that actually, I think, work? Because you really have no idea yeah. who did it. And just the way that it was written so that they did have multiple endings, they knew as they were writing it, like, let's not make things too obvious. And if we are going to make something obvious, throw the whole thing uh, you know, upside down so that, hey, it definitely could be Professor Plum. Oh, shit, it actually could be this yeah, person, Yeah, because it's too, like now. each of those endings are all plausible, so it's not just, oh, it's so-and-so with no backing evidence. They actually run through the whole thing, which is fun. If anybody likes yep. the kind of the comedy whodunit kind of deal of everybody in a house, uh, another one is called Murder by Death with Peter Falk, which is, uh, I haven't seen it in many years, so I don't know if it holds up. Ditto. But it was from prior to Clue. But the whole thing is all these different parodies of famous detectives all in this house trying to solve a murder together. Yeah, I think I saw that. I might have watched that in film school. Like, <laughs> it might have been one of the subjects for one of the classes um, or something. I don't know. I remember watching that, but I can't remember much about it at this point. But I, I, I don't think I've seen a lot of whodunits kind of movies, but 
I did. I would just say I really enjoyed Knives Out. Ryan Johnson. Is it Ryan or Ryan? Ryan. Yeah, I just feel like he spells it. Yeah, Ryan. It says subvert expectation. <laughs> this whole, this whole <laughs> I won't go into that here. Yeah. One day I'll get my Star Wars episode, but it is not this episode. I might have this might I don't know if this is true or not, but I thought I heard that they were gonna make another uh knives out, like knives just out. centered around or featuring uh, Daniel Craig's Southern Foghorn Lakehorn. Character. Yeah. It's extremely <laughs> I think so. I, I He's been busy with stuff, so I think it's just a matter right. of planning. And I mean, I guess just to say that I really enjoyed Knives Out. I would love to watch more of those, uh, if you know, if they're well written. Like, a, I'm like, bring on the whodunits. Yeah, I feel like especially, there's not a lot of fun like mysteries. That. Like, if right. they do, it's like a, a murder thing. Like, a, was it like Girl on the Train or like Gone Girl? And it's like, okay, they're good, but give me like an actual mystery, mystery that's fun, like Knives Out. Yeah. Knives Out was ruined for me because of um, the way Apple deals with its product placement. Oh, that what is it? The a villain can't use Apple. Villains don't use. Yeah, villains aren't allowed to use Apple products. So when you have the whole <laughs> cast using Android or nondescript phones, and then that one per, or he's the only one out of a whole cast using iPhones to be the one using a nondescript phone, I immediately knew. Like, um, my niece told up. me about that, and I hadn't gone to like try to analyze or like check the uh veracity veracity is that the word i want the uh yeah truthfulness to that but it it makes it sadly makes sense and now it's like i kind of forgot about it i hope i forget it it about it again because then i'll be looking i'll be looking at movies um so yeah that's clue so i'm gonna go home and sleep with my wife onto your pick so I had a couple of honorable mentions that I was kind of throwing together and I wasn't sure if I wanted to speak on for them instead of my actual third pick. But judging by the way this is going, I would be remiss if I didn't mention at least one of these classic movies that this man uh, unfortunately left us too early with, and that is Mrs. Doubtfire. Hello. Mrs. Hillard, I presume? Yes. I'm Miranda Hillard. Euphigenia Doubtfire. Yes. Won't you please come in? Hello! We need at least one Robin Williams movie in this list, and I feel Mrs. Doubtfire should be that one. So it follows a man that ends up getting a divorce with his wife, and he is an absolute, like, he loves his kids, and he will go through any length. I remember seeing, like, a YouTube video where, like, they recut Mrs. Doubtfire to be, like, like a serial killer movie. And I was just thinking that as I'm, like, reciting the plot line to the movie. But he loves his kids, and he refuses to kind of listen to the guidelines of what the child services said that, you know, you're only allowed to see your kids on the weekends, like, every other weekend, that's it. And he absolutely hated that kind of um, judgment that was placed on him. And he is a good person, kind of messy, but, like, his heart is in the right places for that. So what he ends up doing is he knows his wife needs a babysitter, and he pretty much blackouts the entire interview process so that he is the only option that she has. And he kind of lines himself up so that he was the perfect choice. And he decides to go disguised as an old English woman to be the perfect nanny for his wife, or now ex-wife, and his kids while she's at work. Euphigenia Doubtfire, dear. I specialize in the education and entertainment of children. Surprise! <laughs> 
him trying to do the double life of living as the old woman and then as himself, trying to make sure that, you know, he's able to stay in that line of um, pleasing the caretaker and making sure that they see that, you know, he is evolving as a person and he's not just living as like a bum in an apartment that he's trying to show that I can watch my kids look at this. I got a job. I have a clean apartment, so on and so forth but then also trying to stay up to date with his kids and uh, um, compete against his uh, replacement boyfriend who happens to be a Pierce Brosnan, <laughs> James Bond at the time. It was definitely a fun thing <laughs> watching him interact with each other. And I, the, the two big moments, like I don't remember a whole lot of this movie. I know I saw it like back at the time, but two big moments yeah, that stick out for me is when he doesn't have his makeup on and sticks his face in the pie. Yeah. Miss Hillen? The water's boiling. Hello! And then later on, I think they're at the pool, and he just just pegs <laughs> Pierce Brosnan in the back of the head with an orange. Like, just. In their life right now. Thanks, son. Oh, what about their real father? Yeah. What can I say, Ron? The guy's a loser. I'll see ya. Loser. Yeah. Oh, sir, I saw it. Some angry member of the kitchen staff. Did you not tip them? Oh, the terrorists, they ran that way. It was a run by fruiting. I'll get them. Don't worry. <laughs> does he, does Pierce look and like, does she play it off like it was like a kid or something? Like she didn't do it? Yeah, because he says some like backhanded thing about himself, like the ex-husband. Like, yeah, I guess he was just some, like, slacker or something that just wasn't worth his kids. And that triggers yeah. him so that as he walk, turns around and walks away, he just grabs a piece of fruit and throws it at him like a fucking asshole. And then when he turns around, it's like, oh, it must have been a kid. Thrive by fruit. That's like what he's, he's talking about was, like, the... Did he pass on? Eight years ago, dear. This November. What happened? He was quite fond of the drink. Ah. It was a drink that killed him. How awful. He was an alcoholic. No, he was hit by a Guinness truck. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, it's Robin Williams for being like an absolute legend. I feel like a majority of his movies were mostly dramatic roles. So it was tossed between like all of his stand up and all of his other comedy, and then probably like. I feel like 65% of all of his movies were all these, like, dramatic things, at least until, like, later on in his life, I feel like there was a lot of comedy roles that uh, came out. But for the most part, it's like, for years, it was... Actually, I mean, there's always something peppered in, in there, because it's like, he might end up doing uh, Dead Poet Society and doing, like, The Fisher King and doing all of that, and then you might end up with, like, a... Um, uh, what was the movie? Uh, the Birdcage. That was really good. That's kind of a, a fun one in between. I remember in the movie, uh, like, I was recently showing somebody to Wong Fu, Thanks for Everything, Julie Newmar, uh, about Patrick Swayze, Wesley Snipes, and John Leguizamo, who are three drag queens who are headed out to, like, this competition, and they're driving by car, and, like, the car breaks down, they end up in this small town, um, and they learn to accept them, and it's great. Um but I never noticed there's a cameo in the beginning where they have to go to this bar to, like, get the help of some guy that they know. 
John Jacob Jingleheimer Schmidt, and then Robin Williams sits down, and I never knew he was in the movie, because for some reason I always missed it. And they're like... And Noxima, you remember John Jacob Jingleheimer Schmidt? Oh, yes. His name is my name, too. Do people always shout, I hate that? Ooh, yeah. Look at you. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> he, he is so missed. Yeah, he's... We were all together when we found out yeah. he passed. I don't recall that. Well, I cherish our memories too, Dean. Thanks. Yeah. I just remember the good one. <laughs> um, I can't remember anything. So, yeah. This is Doubtfire. A classic. Is it dishonest for him to disguise himself to get back into the life of his ex-wife? Maybe. Does that age well? Probably not. Is the movie still fun? Yes. Much like Nick would be remiss if he didn't bring up Robin Williams, I would be remiss if I didn't bring up some humor from across the pond. Uh, this movie is The Office the Movie by Ricky Gervais. No, that doesn't exist, does it? No, not that no. I know of. Yeah. Um, you're familiar with comedy groups, British comedy Never groups. Never heard of them see where i'm going with this uh monty python and the holy grail once in a lifetime there comes a motion picture which changes the whole history of motion pictures a picture so stunning in its effect so vast in its impact that it profoundly affects the lives of all who see it one such film is very good thank you yes thank you next please Once in a lifetime, there comes a motion picture which changes the whole history of motion pictures. Uh, yes, thank you. Next. That took longer for it to land on my in my head than it should have. <laughs> I I That's didn't okay. see it up until this year. I just saw it for the first time like five months ago. I should rewatch it because I feel like it stands the test of time. But I when I I I feel I would get crucified for saying it, but I did not like it on my first wa- like watch. But I was like fifteen, sixteen at the time. That's why, and I was not in the right mindset of watching it. Oh, because I think it's too I could see that adult and humor for me to fully appreciate. Because some of the joke, like clips and stuff that I watch now, like makes me laugh, and I forget like all that comes from Monty Python, like the Holy Grail, like the thing was like, um, what like your mother smells of elderberries, and I fought in your general direction. That's from <laughs> that, right? Yeah, yeah, like that's fucking classic. I love that, or like the whole like horse, um, yeah, coconut gag. Yeah, which I, I believe I believe comes from budgetary oh, the, reasons. They're like we can't afford horses, up, but up. here's this funny way to do it. Hey man, like, it's using the same way like it's like a radio trope for horses, and it's like yeah. it works. It's the same way that like oh well, yeah. the Jaws shark didn't work, so we'll just put them in less right. clips, and that worked out to their advantage. Yeah, same thing yeah. with this. Happy like act- I think it's fucking comedy gold. Yeah, I I saw that. See, I saw this. I'm I'm pretty sure I was a freshman. Or sophomore in high school. No, a freshman, because I referenced this movie in the first, like, quote-unquote, movie I ever made, which was a, an English class assignment. Um, we had, we, you know, made a video. I essentially was the 
director, I guess, but we all, it was a collaborative thing. But anyway, I referenced this movie, and that was ninth grade. So I was like 13 or 14 when I saw this. And like, yeah, I, I loved the shit out of it. Like, uh, this became just my like comedy movie that I just look back on and yeah, probably helped shape a lot of, I mean, Ace Ventura shaped the early years, but as I was maturing, quote unquote, um, Monty Python and the Holy Grail, just like, it's so fucking silly. And I mean, that's just Monty Python, but, um, yeah, it really hit me in the right way at that age. And like, just like a formative, like I could probably do a screen. I mean, I don't think it's a great subject for screen refresh, but like it, it was that kind of movie where it was like, yeah, that's the movie that made me develop. I actually thought you were going to say comedy. Mr. Bean at first. Because <laughs> he's another that's, like. That's actually a funny movie. I haven't seen that in a long time, but that yeah. that's great. <laughs> Bean is a great, like the, the American like Bean movie from the 90s is really funny. With Peter, with Peter McNichol, yeah. Yeah, and it's just a like a combination of all of the different like skits that he's done right. from his show and they just threw it yeah. in a movie which works. Yeah. But still, like I always I grew up with him. And I thought you were going to say him at first, but I'm like no, it <laughs> definitely wouldn't be that. He deserves, you know, he's in the comedy pantheon for sure. Mhm. I was hesitant to watch Monty Python and the Holy Grail for the first time because I've never been a huge fan of the show just because I feel like it was it's a little kind of zany and surreal that doesn't quite land with me. Like I, I like British, like I, I like British comedy. Like I, I grew up watching like, are you being served and all that kind of stuff, but it's not really typical British comedy. So it didn't always land with me, but watching this, not everything did, but I laughed at a majority of it. And it's a case of like, it, it's obviously it's a classic for a reason. <laughs> I just thought of like the side, the whole like sea story going on of like the uh, the narrator that gets murdered oh. by one of the knights. <laughs> just the, how that culminates at the end of the movie. Yeah, this just has there's some. It's like endlessly quotable for me. Kind of like the, probably more so than the Naked Gun for me. Just um, just the silliness and like even like the small jokes. Like one of my favorites, just one lines from the movie is. Uh, when after, it's the scene uh, at the castle in the swamps where Lancelot comes and like murders everybody, think, thinking he's saving a damsel in distress. <laughs> but before that, be like the weak little prince and his father <laughs> standing at the window, and he's like, "All this will be yours." What the curtain? Because he's like gesturing toward the window. What, father, the window. <laughs> <laughs> what the curtains? No, not the curtains. And he's like. Obvi- I mean, it it that develop it progresses. It like you see, like oh, he's gay, and he's like, um, and he doesn't want to get married because he's it's a woman, and it's, uh, but don't want to get married. Don't like her. What's wrong with her? She's rich. She's got huge tracts of land. <laughs> like I don't know. It's there's so many good moments. Uh, oh, when Arthur's like. First, trying to gather like knights, he's like riding through the countryside to the peasants, and he explains to them, he's like, "I didn't. Why are you king?" He's like, "I, I didn't vote for you." <laughs> he's like, "Yeah, the amount of lines I don't realize come from this. I should appreciate the movie a lot more." 
Because I know I've used a GIF version of every single one of your quotes several times over oh, the last and what was year. The- How'd you become king? Uh, well, the Lady of the Lake held aloft from the bosom of the water, Excalibur. <laughs> like, listen, strange women lying in ponds distributing swords is not a basis for a system of government. <laughs> I just, yeah. Yeah, that'll always be my, probably be my top. It's like one of those, like, you find that movie that's like your number one, and it's like, even though if you find, you laugh and laugh at other movies, like, it probably will never be unseated as my top. Just because of the impact it had. And it's a classic. Comedies are tough nowadays, I feel. Because a lot of them just, they make me, like, breathe harder through my nose. They don't, like, <laughs> and that, that's really the most that they'll get out of me. It's rare that I'll ever get, like, I'm dying because I'm laughing because I yeah. can't breathe. <laughs> it's I'm more amused than anything else. Yeah. Like, it's few and far between. Like, other than Scare Package, I don't think there's been a movie I've seen in the past couple years that I've laughed at. There's been some shows that I've found yeah. that I like, but I mean, we'll get to those someday. Yeah, I think that comes more from TV for me now, those gut-busting laughs. I think people like people who like Monty Python are maybe more, not pretentious people, but, you know, they'll, they'll say, they'll look at um <laughs> The Life of Brian and say that is the better, like, movie, just with the themes and, like, just... I guess all around like going on, but and I love Life of Brian. It's a great, it's a great movie. But I just, I just really I enjoyed uh, the Holy Grail more, more as as a comedy. It's all about what resonates with you, because a lot of like I was trying to think of like favorite skits from the actual show, and um, like the upper class <laughs> twit of the year, I never actually <laughs> laughed at, but watching the segment always like I was completely fixated because yeah, it's not making me <laughs> laugh, but just it amused me greatly watching all of these guys try to like do basic <laughs> things and they just can't even they can't they even can't, shoot themselves they can't yeah. even um yeah oh man yeah brave so robin ran away <laughs> that's what i almost sang earlier during the preamble i was like oh i'll give away one of my picks if i sing that song <laughs> when danger reared its ugly head he bravely turned his tail and fled i would have just written it off as I just didn't. dean being dean i never would have connected the dots yeah. his heart what happened Heart ripped out in his eyeballs cut <laughs> and his penis that's enough that's enough <laughs> uh so yeah yeah uh that is monty python and the holy grail a little known comedy gem from a little not very widely known group yeah from this unknown list that includes ace ventura pet detective monty python and the holy grail uh, and whatever Dean's second pick was. The Naked, the naked Gun. Who's <laughs> a pretentious one now? These these independent uh, <laughs> comedy films that never went anywhere. Oh, I'm sorry. Is this podcast the Find the Obscure Comedy podcast? It is. <laughs> sorry if my recent release does not equate to Arsenic and Lace from the 1900s. <laughs> Oh, all your movies were from the <laughs> 1900s. Tucker and Dale wasn't. Okay, fine. Gotcha. A majority. Got you. Got him. <laughs> so, does anybody have any honorable mentions that they haven't honorably mentioned? I, pr- I probably already did in all the uh, sides. Yeah. I was but... say. <laughs> yeah. The, the, the Pest was definitely one oh, of yeah, them. Oh, yeah, that's right. You brought that up. Um, I love John Leguizamo, especially his early career. Like... After um, 
the Mario Brothers, as much of that was a disappointment, I still enjoyed the movie and I wanted to see more of him. But he's too of an adult actor for a young child to watch. So The Pest, I think, was one of the few things that I was able to see that would have been up my alley. Because I know, I think around the time, too, he was in Romeo and Juliet. And that just did not resonate with the (laughs) eight-year-old self that I was at the time. Eight or ten. Just definitely not He was good in that, though. Especially, yeah. And it was a modern yeah. take, too. I think too, it was Bosler who did that. Yep. Uh, yep. But I, I really like the pest, and it's still funny to me. It's just some lines I... The most dangerous game I mentioned it earlier. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, another one, Dean, you might have seen it since it's up your, uh, it's your forte. Ready to Rumble. I did see it at David the time. Arquette. Yeah, with um, Oliver yeah. Platt and... Uh, Yep. Yes. And is it Scott Kahn is the other guy too? Yeah. Yeah. I think. I'm not even a wrestling guy, but that's like that is um like one of my cult classic favorite wow. movies of all time. I love this movie to death and I know nothing about the source material from just what's given to me. So like some of the characters like Sting, Diamond Dallas Page, I do recognize them as professional wrestlers. That's as far as it goes. I will rule you. It's funny to think of him as a wrestler like Oliver Platt. Yeah, he was in the ring. I guess they just write his character like that. That's a movie I I saw, remember enjoying, but just haven't revisited. You know, it's one of those, some, like Tim was saying about just not picking on the wedding crashers, but it's like, oh yeah, I haven't like seen that. And like, I liked it at the time, but yeah, I haven't seen that in a while. I still think it holds up. It's some little dated things here and there, but I mean, at this point, as dated as anything from the 80s, so... I mean, I guess it might go in line with what you were saying before, that with the sheer amount of things coming out now, and especially with having greater access to all of these things getting released, that it could hold up. It could still be a a funny movie, but because we have so many options now and so many things that it can't just be a good movie. It has to be like an amazing movie to be worthwhile to take time to go back and check it out again. Seen as by in the time that I do that, it's like, Oh, well a hundred new movies came out and I already used up my time kind of deal. So. Right. Analysis paralysis. We have too many things to, watch. um, in the vein of, I guess my, Oh, I shouldn't say, I shouldn't even, Never mind. I'm not going to say this. Don't cut it out. But, there's a movie, maybe if you haven't heard of it, I won't say anything further, but it came out this year, a couple months ago. It's called Barb and Star Go to Vista Del Mar. Have you heard of this movie? Oh, is that the one where there's the, the child with, what's it, the submarine? And he has yes. his hands on the steering wheel and they're like, yep, that's it. Did, did Quick you see little this? movements. Did, did you see that movie? No, you told us this story during the Silver Bullet episode. I told you that about it? <laughs> Oh shit! God damn it! Now cut this out. <laughs> nope, um, leave it in. Oh, did I tell? Did I? Did I just tell you to watch that movie so I didn't see? Yeah, because that's what I was gonna do just now. Yeah, you you told us about that scene specifically when we were discussing yeah. uh, people driving in movies. <laughs> right, right. Yes, lots of little left to right hand movement. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, I would to the listeners and to you guys. Um, I don't want to say too much, but I would say just give it a shot. If you don't like it in the first 
20, you're probably 10 to 20, you're probably not going to enjoy it. But it wasn't, I'll say, just say it wasn't what I expected it was going to be. I didn't know anything about it going in. I was like, I did not know this was going to be this kind of movie. And that's, I need to start that's even doing saying that. too much. But you should start with this movie. You, you might, maybe, maybe you don't like it, but. I've been so jaded in the last couple of years when it comes to recommendations from people. Like, you should watch this movie. I don't. <laughs> There's not a lot that actually even sparks interest anymore unless it's in my own personal niche of just like i'm going to watch this because i know i'm going to like it kind of thing and a lot of the times it's just i'll watch the trailer and it's just like i can kind of already piece together what the whole movie's going to be like and i have Movie no roulette. In it. don't watch a trailer don't even read a synopsis roulette. yeah just put it on and start watching yeah well like i mentioned before is because i like horror movies on the shutter network every day when i get up to start work i just pull it up on my browser and then whatever is like the recently added I'll start from like whatever the the newest of the recently added and I'll just click it click play just start watching it not read anything about it and granted not all of them have been amazing but I've found a lot of fun stuff that it's like oh well that's a surprise I guess this is a vampire movie it's things like that that it it adds a little bit of the excitement to movie watching again because as you said like with the advent yeah. of all the changes to trailers and whatnot that you watch a trailer you've ruined the movie for yourself i know <laughs> netflix has like a random feature but i don't know does it actually show what no i think if you do the shuffle play now it just like starts a movie it immediately starts it doesn't even give you the the stupid nope, I title think it card just starts. it might pop it up in the upper left corner the name of the movie um yeah so you would just have to hit shuffle and look away like uh indiana jones oh, what a coincidence yeah, the rascals is on here what a coincidence they're all netflix original <laughs> lily hammer 48 times six underground <laughs> i my favorite thing is i took a screenshot of something i was watching on netflix one time and i think it was like love actually and then it was like if you liked love actually you might like and the recommendations at the bottom was like when Harry met Sally, serendipity, dead silence. And I was like, wait, what? <laughs> I was like, if, if I like Love Actually, I might like the James Wan evil puppet movie. Pu- puppet yeah. movie? <laughs> <laughs> Where the woman comes back from the dead to take people's tongues. That happened to me once. I think it's like, oh, you watched You've Got Mail. Can we recommend Top Gun? Like, I don't know if it's a case of... <laughs> That, it's like wow closer, this is really but... <laughs> weird or it's just do they just know me that well because i saw it i'm like yeah i like both of these movies <laughs> there's a correlation is your algorithm off or <laughs> is it just like really on <laughs> so my honorable yeah. mentions um i only had two young frankenstein my favorite mel brooks movie oh yeah absolute classic it's Frankenstein. 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 It's the one that my family quotes all the time. Like when somebody's leaving, it's like, wait, I was going to make espresso. It's all of these different quotes from the uh, <laughs> the movie that are just great. Like the Val Blucher thing. And, um, walk this way. And it's anybody that hasn't seen. What? what knockers. Knockers. <laughs> oh, thank you, doctor. Anybody that hasn't seen it's Young been a Frankenstein, shame. check it out. It's a shame. I was going to say, that's probably the Mel Brooks movie I've probably seen the least. Like, maybe just a tw- two or th- 
maybe two times. And I mean, I love it, but like, damn, like that's that's one of the ones I should watch more. Yeah, Check I mean, it it's again. A, after seeing that movie, I can never hear putting on the Ritz without doing the put it on the Ritz. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sweet mystery of love. No, so the the whole thing for anybody that doesn't know is it's a. Uh, it's like Frankenstein's descendant uh, going back to the castle and getting reintroduced to all of the, like, Igor and all of the people that his, uh, I think it was like his grandfather or something new or father knew, um, and recreating Frankenstein's monster, played by Peter Boyle. So it, it's, if you like Mel Brooks, it's a riot. Who is the woman uh, that Terry helped him? from Mr. Mom. No, what? Inga. What was uh, her um, name? Was it Inga? It might have been Inga. Her movie name or real name? Uh, yeah, movie I think name. I want to say it was Inga. I might be wrong. I've been wrong in the past. No, the other woman. Oh, um, Val Blucher? <laughs> Madeline Kahn is amazing in this movie. Gene Wilder is at like an all-time best in this movie. It, it's just... It still holds up. Go check it out. It, it, there's so many good things from this movie. Um, I love when he's, no matter what I say, no matter what you hear, you do not open this door. And then he starts getting attacked. <laughs> open the door. Open this door. Oh, dear God, open this door. <laughs> it was a joke. Can't you people take a joke? Mommy! <laughs> so, little known film. Name a better duo. Brooks and Wilder. Uh I think that trailer was on the Spaceballs VHS tape that I had. Because I never watched Young Frankenstein until I was a lot older, but I remember all of those scenes from the trailer. Well, I've only ever seen the trailer, so that's why those are all the parts I quoted. So, other than Young Frankenstein, the only other movie out of my list was a uh, film by Stephen Chow called Shaolin Soccer. Which, if Oh, shit. You... Yeah, I had that. Yeah, if you ever saw, um, like, Kung Fu Hustle, same guy. Um, I think he did one more recently, The Mermaid, that I haven't seen yet. But, like, I've seen bits and pieces, and it it still makes me laugh. But Shaolin Soccer is the, from, like, I think it was, like, 2001. It's um, a guy ends up having, like, this amazing martial arts ability that he applies to soccer. And he ends up reigniting the soccer power within like these old players and they form a team and it's it's just wacky and it's hilarious and i still like i've been meaning to rewatch it because i haven't seen it in years but i feel like it would still hold up um there's like the goalie that's dressed in the bruce lee game of death yellow jumpsuit that does all the like (laughs) the bruce lee things um (laughs) like i will still always laugh when it's a spoiler but the end of the movie they win their last game uh, he does a soccer kick that is strong enough to the point where it sets on fire, causes like this tornado, and the enemy goalie tries to block it, and it just tears his entire outfit right off him. And this guy is like butt naked, just getting taken up into a tornado and thrown on into, into the distance. <laughs> I remember Kung Fu Hustle. I think I saw that movie a lot more than I did Challenge Soccer. Yeah. Um, that still holds up. Yeah, I think Kung Fu... I watched that a couple Kung years Fu ago. Kung Fu Hustle literally has, like, cartoon moments. Like, it's... Not literally, sorry, but... Yeah, with, like, the landlady <laughs> and her husband. Yeah. yeah. It's terrific, like, he, slapstick. He was good at that, like... Yes, he's really good at that brand. Uh, 
I don't know if I would say he invented. I mean, he has a, a unique style that it's like that's that was pretty good at the time. I haven't seen anything outside of those two movies so recently. I don't know what yeah Mr. Chow has been doing. He's done a ton, and it's he has such a unique style that it's like if you're watching it, you can immediately tell like, oh, okay, this is one of his movies. But okay. yeah, like it's yeah. it's a blast. Like it's definitely worth checking out Kung Fu Hustle and Shaolin Soccer. I haven't watched too many of his other things. Those are the two that always kind of came to mind. But I'm I want to watch some more of his stuff because it's these two always stuck out to me. Um, I love in Kung Fu Hustle when he's looking into the crowd and he's trying to pick the fight and he, everybody points to and he's like, "You there, tiny." And then everybody parts, and the guy stands up, and he's like eight feet tall. And he's like, "Never mind, sit back down." Yeah, that's a you. And he points to the little kid, moment. and the little kid like takes his shirt off, and he's like jacked, and he's like, "Oh, he's like ripped." <laughs> yeah, that's a great uh, moment. So maybe comedy above all else is like, man, I gotta choose fucking three to put on this list. Like, I mean, it's not a finite. I know like, this is my favorite just, comedy of all time. I mean, fight me. Yeah, I mean, I mean, well, at least one of them should be right. Come on. I don't believe in lists. <laughs> like, top three lists, like, so subjective, because, I don't know. Like, these are just really good comedies that I can think of. And these are three and... Yeah, it's like top order. three to me at this moment in time. Ask me next week could be a different <laughs> yeah. three. Nope. nope. Well, it's because Nick and I change and grow as people as we get older, Dean. Oh, okay. I live in You're the You're frozen in amber. Yeah. <laughs> Much like Jurassic I Park. I see what you did there. <laughs> Dean, I fought in your general direction. <laughs> is at this point just west. <laughs> so yeah, your mother was a hamster, and your father smelled of elderberries. So yeah, I think we've at this point established that we find a lot more things funny than I originally thought when we came up with this topic. And comedy is something that we'll revisit over time, and maybe we'll grow and change, or we'll still laugh. Uh, so, okay, gang, that wraps up another episode of Rule of Thirds. We'd like to thank you for coming along for the ride and discussing our favorite comedies. As always, you can reach us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, at Screen Refresh, or shoot an email to screenrefresh at gmail.com to let us know what your top three would be, or if you have any topics you want to hear us discuss. That's it from us. So for Nick and Dean, this is Tim. Have a great week, and catch us next on Screen Refresh, the first Monday of the month. Listen, <laughs> a five-ounce bird cannot carry a one-pound coconut. Um, <laughs> I think that was on my SATs. Where'd you get the coconuts? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you found them in Mercia. Coconuts are tropical. Um, <laughs> you can do the whole I movie, just, can't That's you? a great... I love that. It's a great opening scene. And just like he's trying to have this conversation. The guy's hung up. I'm like, where did you get these coconuts? <laughs> the accent nails it. <laughs> How'd you get the coconuts? Um, it's just a flesh wound. <laughs> just Nick just laying there. <laughs> Look, you stupid bastard. You've got no arms left. Bring out your dad. Uh... <laughs> <laughs>
you got it. You got it. Oh yeah, I'm I'm talking. <laughs> Roll the movie.